straight into the split screen, which is not the screen that I meant to go to, but we'll go with it. Hi, welcome mm. into uh, twitch.tv forward slash ice cream uploads. My name is Graham D, and I'm joined by the man, as you can see on screen there, by Bib. I'll read Bib. Good afternoon, Graham. How are we doing? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's all right, mate. Although, just to just confirm, it is after morning now, but we went live mm-hmm. in the morning because we do a pre-show on Twitch now. If you listen to this on the podcast services or watching on demand, we do a pre-show on Twitch. So we're live for about 20, 30, 40 minutes, depending on the day, just chatting, chatting, shooting the shit. Uh, that, that you know stuff that's happened over the weekend or the last few days before so we've, we've been talking about Christmas movies and stuff and if you want conversations about Christmas movies then do feel free to join us on twitch.tv forward slash ice cream uploads when you get the go live notification because you end up with some 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 good chat nice 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 anyway we are live now though to give you our thoughts and impressions on the biggest the best and breaking stories from the world of video games and it's not just about the stories we'll give you our thoughts and impressions but we want to hear your thoughts and impressions and then your thoughts and impressions on our thoughts and impressions so if you are with us live on twitch.tv forward slash ice cream uploads where we go live each and every single weekday ish at 10 (laughs) a.m ish, ish. Uh, then please do feel free to get involved because as mentioned the live stream is turned into a podcast and a video on demand a video on youtube and another audio podcast on itunes and spotify and amazon music and google play that is a lot of places where over two hundred thousand people have watched and listened to this podcast on demand so please do feel free to get involved on behalf of all of those beautiful people um before we jump into the news though a couple of talking points we did mention in the pre-show that that wednesday of this week that is the 21st will be the last day of scheduled content for 2023 on icu there will probably be more content before the end of 2023 but not scheduled it will be ad hoc because we both have families and and lives and stuff and we all enjoy christmas and stuff so we'll probably have some time to play games in between probably um but obviously yeah. in previous years we've had that time and in previous years we haven't had that time because christmas you know mm-hmm. christmas is like one, one minute you blink and it's and it's always december 26th bloody hell and then you blink again it's like fourth of january like what the fuck <laughs> so <laughs> i'm already sat my desk like what the fuck happened <laughs> still got half a fucking pig in blanket in your hand as well like what the, what the fuck so i'm still wearing my elf pajamas <laughs> <laughs> so yes we will probably bring you some extra streams over christmas just unscheduled um so obviously if you are watching this on twitch make sure you've got your notifications on that's the best way to be notified when we go live obviously it doesn't give you the foresight to be sat there around but it's christmas nobody has foresight and plan the shit around christmas right everyone just flies by the seat of their elf pajamas throughout christmas right yeah right okay mm-hmm. and also um it's a couple of weeks off yet but we will have a loot drop it's not two weeks today it'll be three weeks today because two weeks today is the first of january which is the first monday of 2024 um the first monday of january and usually on the first monday of the month we do the loot drop but obviously that rolls over to a day when we're actually in um and Mm -hmm. i'm not actually back until the 8th um i don't know if you're back on like second third fourth or whenever it is we go back in yeah whenever the yeah whatever day we go back in that's when i'm back in i've got no holidays left i think it's the second um but we will roll the loot drop uh on the 8th so if you are a sub on the 8th of january at 3 p.m we'll export the list of subscribers and one person then will bag themselves a prize speaking of prizes Shout out to Mackenzie, who is currently on course to bag himself a full Logitech G bundle. Ooh. We had a few Double Trouble games on the weekend. Um, we reduced the price, dropped it down to 500 sprinkles for people to get involved. Oh. And, and a lot of people did. Um, there were some really good games. Uh, Doom, at one point, was on course to beat the score. And then we got chopped down in our prime. Mackenzie had another go and was on course to further his score. 
got chopped down um, by two really sweaty boys, but still managed to get the second highest score. So if, if you did get multiple places, Mackenzie would be in first and second place right now. Um, so yes, there's only a, a few um, streams left, potentially, potentially as little as one on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so do feel free to join us for that stream. If you see us go live with PUBG between now and the new year, obviously do feel free to drop in and, and get involved with the uh, Double Trouble League between uh, then. But obviously... 31st, 11.59 and 59 seconds is when the, the year ends, and that's when the Double Trouble League table yes. shuts down as well. So if you haven't got yourself top spot by then, it's McKenzie's stuff. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Tank got a few yeah, good yeah. games, actually. Um, it was just one of those days where you either get get rolling or people just third-party you and, and you get, get shit yeah. on kids, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a battle royale. It's look, it's genuinely look of the look of the draw, roll of the dice, shall we say? Yeah. Well, let's roll the dice into some news. Um, Ooh, Mr. Bib, would you like a brand new PS Five? Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with mine at the moment, but if there's one on offer, then why not? I mean, I'm I'm not even talking a slim version. I'm talking ps5 pro upgrades. oh my goodness well that's what we're going to kick off with we'll jump into a story about that we'll tell you about what's following first though so naughty dog says it's working on multiple quote ambitious brand new single player games uh, activision blizzard is paying 54 million out because it's owned by xbox and that's just what you have to do when you owned by the gap now i'm joking it's, it's discrimination lawsuit stuff it's actually quite serious so they're, they're paying out a chunk of cash uh to which is basically i assume from the title the end of their discrimination sort of stuff legally um obviously it never ends um but we'll then go from that to e3 which obviously this is an article that happened last week but we haven't had a chance to speak about it uh, in depth but e3 is officially dead uh, which is very sad. Which is very sad, but mm -hmm. we'll talk about that one um, as we get to it. For now, though, we'll kick things off with the first news article um, written by Tom Ivan at VGC. PS5 Pro could launch in 2024 with Sony's own DLSS solution, it's claimed. Multiple sources have suggested that, uh, that Sony's preparing a mid-gen PS5 upgrade. Um, so into the article, Sony could be planning to launch a PlayStation 5 Pro console in late 2024. It's being claimed. Giant Bomb reporter Jeff Grubb said he'd been able to corroborate claims that Sony is working on a mid-gen PS5 upgrade. Quote, that PS5 Pro leak is almost certainly real based on what I've heard now. And obviously, I'm not the only one out there saying that, but I can throw my confirm, confirm, confirm into the ring for everybody, he said. Is that Jack Boswell? Confirm. <laughs> That's a sick of him. <laughs> the system, quote, probably... Uh, end quote, is coming out in September 2024, Grubb suggested. Quote, the current specs are based on a range of possibilities because they have not fully dialed that in. My name is Optimus Prime. Gagad! Did wonder why I was getting an advert. <laughs> Did wonder why I was getting an advert. The reason you get an advert is because we have to pay for Bibby's Lambo somehow. Uh, so yeah that's season why. of giving exactly exactly i appreciate the uh the five months in a row 38 months in total gagad thank you very much and enjoy your ad for thank viewing you. 
Nice. Uh, okay, I'll go back for that bit. So the current specs are based on a range of possibilities because they've not actually fully dialed that in, he claimed. The big thing here, like the big feature that this system will support, is Sony's own proprietary DLSS-like solution where they use their own machine learning to improve images so they can run things at a really high resolution and really high frame rate, and they would include their own hardware on the PS5 Pro to do this. That's where, like, the two times hardware ray tracing acceleration comes into place but they would be able to do even more than just better hardware ray tracing so yeah this thing is probably happening end quote dlss or deep learning super sampling is a feature exclusive to nvidia graphics cards i want to stop there for a second whenever mm-hmm. i watch anyone from the uk they say nvidia or nvidia um i watch anyone from the us and it's nvidia what? Mm. Which fucking one is it? I didn't yeah, realize. I, I didn't realize Nvidia was um, like countered. But then again, I always <laughs> yeah. thought it was Asus ROG, not Asus ROG, and stuff like that. So these Americans just we're the fucking idiots, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna stick with Nvidia. Uh, So DLSS uh, is a feature exclusive to NVIDIA graphics cards. On PC, it works by using AI to upscale the resolution of games, effectively allowing developers to achieve higher graphical settings and better frame rates on weaker hardware. In legal documents published this summer, Xbox maker Microsoft said it was expecting Sony to release a PS5 Slim and PS5 Pro consoles in the near future. PS5 Slim launched in November. Okay, we don't need to talk about sales stats because we've got all of the information there. But DLSS, uh, which for anyone that's been around the uh, the tech bro conversations about next-gen consoles before they arrived, it, there was a lot of talk about, okay, ray tracing's cool. Yeah, the fact that we've got higher frame rates and and, uh, better resolutions and stuff, but, you know, DLSS is the real future. So if we can get any sort of DLSS-like stuff in next-gen, winner. And then, obviously, we don't really have that sort of stuff. But it could be coming in PS5 Pro uh, in 2024. Rumours have gone out in September. Could be a game-changer. What do you think, Mr. Pip? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. Um... I might be being naive with this statement, but I, I, when I'm looking at people streaming or when I'm looking at gameplay and stuff that have been captured on PC and they're making trailers out of it and stuff, I, d- I haven't seen a massive difference in what the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S, uh, X can push out. Like Again, graphics have never been the kind of thing that's always enticed me into a game. Um it could be a pixel art game, and I think that looks better than some of the modern AAA games that have all of the graphics on ultra high and look super realistic and stuff. But it's always come down to what the gameplay genre is, what the aspect of the game is, and then the art design afterwards. Um, so I haven't seen anything that makes me think, Do you know what, I think it's time for a PlayStation 5 Pro. I've, I think when I'm playing games on my PlayStation 5, on my 4K TV downstairs, I think it looks sensational. I haven't thought, do you know what? I think we'd I think this is being held back. Um, but again, I, I probably aren't the target demographic for a PlayStation 5 Pro at this moment in time, same way that I'm not the target demographic for someone who has the latest and greatest uh graphics card within their computer. Like it, it's just not aimed at me. I'm more than happy of having console generation upgrades as and when they're available. But even when it got towards the end of the PlayStation 4's life cycle. 
I thought we might start to struggle. I'm definitely at that point now with the Nintendo Switch where I'm thinking, okay, this is starting to get left behind now compared to everything else around me. But when I'm playing PS5 games or I'm looking at new trailers of games that are coming out that have been captured on PC, I'm not thinking, do you know what? I think we need uh, a better version of the PlayStation 5 Pro. But I mean, what's going to be put into the PlayStation 5 is obviously what's been lacking for the PlayStation 5 now. That's fantastic for the people that obviously want the latest and greatest, the the, the best-looking visuals and stuff like that, but it's definitely not something I'm going to be investing in the same way that I didn't invest in a PlayStation 4 Pro at the time. I'll just wait for the next console generation. I am not the target demographic for those consoles as and when they come out. Well, I, <clears throat> I picked up a PS4 Pro, but similar sort of reason, really. I don't feel like there was much need to jump to a PS4 Pro from PS4. There was, like, some 4K-ish upscaly stuff i can't even remember it was it i don't know if it was 4k or if it was kind of 4k uh, 4k upscale. i don't know what it was it was it was better than the ps4 but mm-hmm. marginally um and i only really got the ps4 pro because chloe wanted a ps4 so i got yeah. a ps4 pro for me and gave her my ps4 jobs are good and everything gets like down cycled kind of thing if she's got a ps4 she can play i've got a ps4 pro jobs good. everyone's happy win 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 um obviously it was shit because my ps4 pro was badly manufactured so overheated when you drop one smoke grenade in fucking PUBG or anything like that and that wasn't just limited to me that was quite wide uh, widely known so i've never really been the person that feels like i need to upgrade mid-gen and tito's just mm-hmm. said our current gen consoles really being pushed graphically if game devs are still supporting ps4 consoles i believe that is the thing as well has anyone thought oh do you know what we're at the top end of this game now this game can't do any more I don't really feel like we have consistently. So don't get me wrong, a PS5 Pro bringing DLSS does allow them to get a massive step in graphics. You can get to that 4K. You can you can use machine learning to plumb the uh, to fill in the gaps so you're not having to like preload a bajillion uh, gig of data to make these wonderful graphics. You can do half of it and then get the AI to fill in the gaps. Jobs good, and that's what yeah. effectively what DLSS does. And if we could do that to make things more beautiful, bigger, pronounced, but I don't feel like we're doing that consistently to the top end of where we are anyway. So it is a nice to have, but like Tito says, we're still in a in a weird situation where PlayStation two three years ago believed in generations we've got the ps4 and we've got the ps5 and, and the ps5 is a step ahead it's got it's got um the ssd in there it's got like a better gpu it's got all this stuff that's going to allow us to make things be much more advanced than we have on the ps4 and then mm-hmm. they suddenly realized actually there's 120 million they've got ps4s would be silly to stop making things for them so we kind of need to cross over so you do see like the advantages of just using the ps5 like things like um, Ratchet and Clanks and so on. Ironically, it's 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 when you get something like a Ratchet and Clank, uh, which is kind of in your mind a kiddie game. It's not obviously it's a family game, uh, but but it's that like not non-serious fun gaming adventure jobs are good in. But then when you get things like The Last of Us and the Spider Mans and and things where you want like the full future, the big power of Hollywood, but in video games. And then it comes out on PS4 as well, and you're like, okay, well, so these ones are being made in a way that is backwards compatible. Surely that impacts on the development for next generation uh, content. 
And I believe it probably does. I mean, that said, don't get me wrong, those games still look stunning, but what could they be if they weren't being rubber-banded to attach mm-hmm. to the previous generations? Um, and maybe that's where DLSS comes in then. And maybe that's almost like a cheat code sort of stuff. We can make stuff for the for the PS4 to PS5 generation, and then we can make it PS5 exclusive, air quotes, or in, in principle, by filling the, the gaps with DLSS, which then just feels like... I mean, it's... It's that's having your cake and eating it then, which is not a bad thing. It's a good thing, really. It means that PS5 players get PS5 quality games um, and PS4 players still get to play the games. It's gaming for everyone uh, at the mm-hmm. best of the abilities, which is good. The downside is that if you've already invested in a PS5, to get PS5 games, you will need to get a PS5 Pro. Your PS5 means that you will still be playing PS4 games or somewhere in the middle, and that's the downside yeah. of it. Um, like, where do we stand then on like the Xbox's digital delivery stuff? Like, obviously, if you was to buy a game on your Xbox One, shall we say, you can still play that on your Xbox Series X, and it will automatically update, won't it? It'll it'll look like a, an delivery. Xbox Series X game. Yeah, the smart delivery stuff. Like, so it, it, with what Tito was saying there, current gen consoles really being pushed graphically if game devs are supporting it for PS4 consoles. Is that the same for Xbox then? Or are we just going to lump it all into one consideration? Because I, I believe that they are obviously creating two different SKUs when they are creating the games. I understand that Bull, if you're having 100 people working on your PlayStation 5 Xbox Series X version and then you're still having 40 people work on your old gen stuff, it'd probably be better to have the 140 people working on that product rather than splitting your developments. So you're splitting your staff, but and I know there will become a point where they just it is just going to break. Like, like I thought, Cyberpunk probably would be that, considering what it looks like on PlayStation Four, and then obviously what is playable now on PlayStation Five. I thought that probably would go. Do you know what? We probably shouldn't cater that much towards it. But I'm assuming now, like on PlayStation Four, we are still going to get games for it, but they're probably just going to be in the next couple of years be legacy versions of like EAFC and things like that, where they're just reskinned new transfers the stuff that we got on like ps vita for eight years or whatever it was we had one version then it was just every single year they bring out a new kit version or whatever it was called the legacy update i'm assuming that we're nearly in that in that pot now was it playstation 5 four years old nearly almost um yeah, so I think we are going to be getting to that point sometime soon anyway, but I do believe that there is a world where those two things can still live, but it is going to get to a point where it's going to age out. Like, I don't specifically think that because they're still working on PlayStation 4 versions of games that the PlayStation 5 version is only getting... 80% of the love or 80% of the work being put into it. I believe that they are still trying to put 100% in there, but they just have people knowing full well that they are still going to make a hell of a lot of money out of the PlayStation 4 versions because there's, what, over 100 million units out there. It's 100 million units worth of money just sat there if they don't do anything with it. So I don't know at what point they will have that cut off, but I imagine it's probably going to be fairly soon. Like, I'd love to know a conversion scale of how many people have moved from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 now, because I'm betting it's still probably 35 40%. I don't even think they've reached a threshold where they're going, do you know what, <laughs> we've managed to convert all those PS4 users to PS5. I wonder if... they are-ish, expensive-ish still. I wonder if Xbox having a cross-generational philosophy with smart delivery. I wonder if that changed things for PlayStation. I feel like it did because you like you look at the PS2 
PS3 comes out, and <laughs> almost instantly, um, people go, okay, well, I've got to buy the PS3 version of this game, and they buy the PS3 version of the game, or they go, well, I can't play that because I'm the PS2. I'm going to play the PS2 version for the next three months, but I know side by side fifa for uh for an example uh, that was the thing that made me realize how good the ps3 was compared to the ps2 because i was playing it on my ps2 and then saw it on my mate's ps3 i was like yeah well i've got to get a ps3 now because now i've seen yeah. that it's different it's, it's, it's a whole yeah. different kettle of fish um but xbox so you mentioned skews there so the, there was a conversation um, if anyone does know the exact stuff here because i may quote this wrong but i'm pretty sure that xbox smart delivery is possible because xbox allows uh, allows allows you to have um the same skew on different generations um so if you play halo on the xbox one x you can play it on the xbox series x as the same version if you i don't know if that's a paid game but i'll use that as an example as if it was if you paid for it on the one x you can play mm-hmm. play it on your series x and it's smart delivery across uh, platforms playstation doesn't allow that even though it's the same game um that's why when you get a cross-generational version of a game it gives you two different versions the ps4 and the ps5 and that's where the difficulty is i remember seeing a dev or something about that in terms of playstation you can't buy it on the ps4 and then just play it on the ps5 um as a ps5 version of the game because it's different SKUs. so they have to in uh, add two different versions um to uh the playstation network the ps4 version and the mm-hmm. ps5 version so they've started to kind of smooth that out a little bit they've changed the systems and the way it works so that you can get like both versions on a disc or both versions on download yeah. or if you stick the ps4 one in it unlocks the ps5 one although it will be a separate game um so they started to figure out ways around that but it was definitely not as clean um as the uh the xbox equivalent but that xbox equivalent having the ability to play across generation by this point three years in with three years and a month is what it was since the uh the ps5 um launched um three years in to the ps4 and the ps3 and the ps2 a lot of games companies first parties and third but well first parties very much so but a lot of third parties had given up on the previous generation uh, of consoles at that point in time okay we've moved no fifa on this generation now just the next generation no e-football on this generation just the next generation sort of stuff well pez at that point in time and beyond um but three years in and we still very much feel like games are coming out on the ps4 and the ps5 um and that i feel like is probably happening because playstation has to kind of keep pl- uh, plugging the gaps there because they can't give up on a generation that was huge for library building and building out an install base whilst xbox are still satisfying that generation because it's a much larger generation if playstation mm-hmm. moves forward and xbox stays there then they can cultivate it but they're ultimately cultivating it in the past that's what it would have been previously on ps3 ps2 but the ps4 is that generation, as Xbox say it, was the generation where mm-hmm. people built up their digital libraries to move forward. So if they leave Xbox in that huge playground with 180 million users across the Xbox and PlayStation, and they move into the next generation with only 30 to 50 million users um, at that point in time, um, then that's dangerous. So I feel like PlayStation have gone, well, Xbox cater for that audience. We own that audience. That was a massive audience that gave us the market control. Mm-hmm. We have to satisfy that audience. So they're plugging the gaps and, and reverse engineering everything to make sure it works on that platform. This DLSS, yeah. whilst it sounds like huge steps forward so we can make games bigger, brighter, and shinier, I believe that probably is a way for them to keep that door open mm-hmm. backwards and uh also allow us to move forwards the flip side is that 
are you really moving forwards if you've always got one eye uh, in the rearview mirror looking back? Yeah. Probably. So it's one of those. It's making the money hand over fist still, though, isn't it? And that's yeah. ultimately what they want to be able to do. Like, again, like I mentioned before, is all that money that's still on the table with the PlayStation 4, they can't just they can't just move on from that like i know it it sounds ridiculous and being able to put out the likes of call of duty and ea sports uh fc and things like that games that people are buying these consoles that these are the games that people will only that's the only game they will buy that entire year so they can't just leave those off of the table there might be a lot of people who just play the console exclusive stuff and that's it and you're probably getting four or five console exclusive games a year first party stuff so I can't see them moving on anytime soon, but at the same breath, if we are going to put them in two different categories where they need to start focusing on just PlayStation 5 development, because that's where the money is, at £70 a game rather than a PS4 game, which might have dropped in cost now, it might be 35 to 45 quid, then obviously that's what they want to be able to focus on. Like, I don't think Spider-Man 2 came out on the PS4, did it? I think it did. I could be wrong. I'm going to have to have a look at that oh, now. No, it did. No, Spider-Man 2, the new one that just came out, it did come out for the PS4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. Um, right. I was thinking of uh, the the first one, but they did a remastered version, but it definitely that came out for the PS4 as well. Um, right. I think, you, I think that was supposed to be a PS5 exclusive at first, the, the original Spider-Man um, remastered and Miles Morales, and then they went and brought it out for the PS4 anyway, which is when people started to lose their minds and going, I thought you believed in Generations. Ah! um but yeah it's smart business sense to keep that ps4 generation open because usually what what happens is you'll see obviously the number of players the number of daily active users on your ps4 will start to fall so you're probably still having a large number but but it's going down day by day whilst your ps5 for numbers will be going up um and that's probably happening um but side by side as we mentioned, it, the last number check we had was about 60 million PS5s or something had been sold, but the last number for the previous gen was almost 130, so it's over 2 to 1. So the daily active users' potential, um, mm-hmm. even though it's going up for the PS5 and coming down for the PS4, is still massively higher for the PS4. So if you stop uh, catering for that, that's a lot of money left on the table. Usually you kind of take that hit, though. You go, okay, well, if we stop catering for that, people have to buy the PS5. And then that shifts, one goes down as the other goes up. But if Xbox are keeping that generation open, and like Baby says, you play one game. A lot of people do play one game. I mean, can't be me playing 87% of my time on PUBG, goddamn. Um, but a lot of people do want to play one game, and it is just FIFA, and it is just Call of Duty, which is available cross-platform. Um, and I'm not particularly bothered, because I only play one game. It's a social exercise for me to just hang around with my mates and so on. I'm not bothered about having... 4k or dlss or hdmi 2.1 or ssds and all that stuff as long as i can play with my mates jobs are good and so yeah Yeah. why do i buy a ps5 when i can just get the xbox series s or 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 a one x cheap or something like that and just play it that way jobs are good and i'll just keep playing the games year year upon year there until three to five years into the next generation i'll get my next console and then uh, Mm -hmm. they're looking at but that by that point though if you've got an Xbox and you've got all of this stuff and you've probably then bought Game Pass and so on, you're like, oh, well, I'll just buy a new Xbox then. So PlayStation are probably more so because of that smart delivery, they've had to redeploy and face backwards and look after the PS4 and tailor that for mm-hmm. longer than they would have done. So Tito's question, are current gen consoles really being pushed graphically? I don't believe they are, but I believe that's because they are both trying to mop up as much of 
what's happening behind them before they can fully move forward. And this DLSS stuff definitely adds boosts for going forward, but mm-hmm. also allows them to also deliver some of those boosts while still looking backwards. So smart moves either way. Whatever happens, we get an upgrade. So it might not be the upgrade we want, but it's the upgrade we deserve (laughs) or some butchered Batman reference. But there we go. We'll put a pin in that one. PS5 Pro could launch in 2024. Rumors are PlayStation have made their own proprietary DLSS type um, super sampling. So AI goes, we can make this look prettier and therefore everything looks badass, which is good because top end PS5 games look phenomenal. If we can make them look even better, Jobs are good, and um, and if we can do that while still allowing people to play on PS4s, then even better still. Because in in economically developed areas of the world like the UK and Europe, where where I assume a lot of us are from, um, mm-hmm. then okay, we, that's great. But there's parts of the world where PS4 still is pretty expensive, so getting rid of that is not an option. So if we can keep people playing, then you know, win 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 win. Nice. Uh, Keeping people playing is exactly what Naughty Dog wants to do. Let's jump into our next article, written by Shubankar Parijat over at Gaming Bolt. It says, title, Naughty Dog says it's working on multiple, quote, ambitious, brand new, end quote, single player games. Leaks have previously claimed that The Last of Us Part 3 is in development, while there have also been suggestions that the studio is working on a new IP. Uh, so Naughty Dog has announced that it has officially ended development on Last of Us Online, with the studio explaining that the decision was made so it could continue to focus on crafting the narrative-driven single-player experience as it's known for. And interestingly enough, it turns out there are more than one of those games in development at Naughty Dog right now. The same was confirmed by the developer in the official blog post announcing The Last of Us Online's cancellation. Naughty Dog wrote, Quotes, We have more than one ambitious, brand new, single-player game that we're working on here at Naughty Dog, and we cannot wait to share more about what comes comes next when we're ready, end quote. Studio president and creative director Neil Druckmann previously confirmed in June last year that his next directorial single-player project had entered development. What these projects are, or how many of them are simultaneously being worked on, is anyone's guess right now, and Naughty Dog itself probably won't be making any announcements on that front in the near future but as always there's no shortage of speculation rumors out there leaks have repeatedly insisted that the last of us part three is in development while there has also been speculation about a new ip being in the works did you see this uh last of us online getting cancelled uh i didn't do you know what i didn't until i thought until they've come out and said that they've got new ips ready to well they're working on new ips and i thought you know what it probably makes more sense it comes down to money again we've just been going through a fiscal calendar of what the PlayStation are going to be doing, but I imagine this is the same as well. Like, I can't remember whether or not this was the, the Last of Us Online were going to be a free update, or it was one that you'd have to pay for to be able to have access to, but I imagine the amount of people who would be buying The Last of Us Online versus a new IP or a, a continuous game in an already established IP, they're not even anywhere close to being the same, so it probably makes more sense for them to ditch it. It's a shame because I know a lot of people were excited for it, with obviously what what came previously with the faction stuff, but ultimately it just comes down to purse strings, doesn't it? They want to be able to try and rake in as much as they can, spending as little as possible. That is business. This shouldn't be a this shouldn't be news to anybody. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that they've started to can it, um, especially if they are going to be working on a new IP of sorts. Just trying to get the uh, title to fit. There's too many big words in there, so I've had to kind of cut it down. <laughs> uh, Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Naughty Dog. 
multiple brand new games is what it says i missed out the ambitious missed out the uh single player but we can we can chew that in the fat as we go through mm-hmm. um yeah for anyone that missed it last week then so there was an article that came out and um there is a channel on twitter uh called naughty dog world run by garlic clark uh one of the friends of the channel um massive naughty dog fan he has been for years that channel has been running for years and it's popped off massively recently he's doing a very very good job with that and that's where i saw it basically um i saw a lot of people saying fuck you guys uh, at bungie because bungie were brought in to be there uh, there being sony's and brought in being sony acquired bungie to oversee their software as a service games as a service sort of platform that that, that open-ended live service um battle pass heavy sort of content playstation had 15 titles in development and anything they've released has been a bit gash uh so they brought in bungie's experience um working on destiny to try and oversee everything else elsewhere and everyone's saying well bungie's looked at this gone it's shit to make it properly work you will need to kill so much stuff it'll take so much time let's just sack it off however naughty dog's actual phrasing was basically to make it an online game that continues forever will require so much resources consistently to launch and then post-launch and so on that it will get in the way of delivering the big showpiece single-player experiences that we are known for. So we can't let anything jeopardize what we actually want to do for a side project. Um, so they pulled the plug on it there, effectively. Which makes sense. It is kind of one of those, like, did it need to be an all-singing, all-dancing, ever-evolving Fortnite apex PUBG destiny-esque single player game as a service that goes forever could we not have just had a multiplayer segment that lasted for a couple of years and jobs couldn't um and the other bit is like look at what has happened with those games your, your fortnite your apexes your uh your gta onlines and things there is a huge world for opening up your game into an online only element as well so that could have given us other experiences but for every one that succeeds there's 50 others that don't so you can kind of understand their trepidation when it came to that but multiple ambitious brand new single player games mm-hmm what are you thinking? Are we getting are we getting more Last of Us? Are we getting more Uncharted? Are Uncharted being left? Do we get something new? I mean, this kind of hints across all of it. What are you thinking? Uh, I think it's difficult to say because there was a rumor that there was already working on the Last of Us Part Three. So I don't know whether or not that feeds into this rumor. Um, or sorry, this information with that feeding off of the rumor. I don't know. I I, I genuinely don't know what they're going to be able to pull out, but. Uh, Naughty Dog do what Naughty do, a Dog does best, and that's create exceptionally well-written storylines. So whatever it is that they're going to do, I imagine is going to be a huge success for them. So they, they remind me a little bit of Rockstar. When they put something out, it's, it's, uh, it's got the quality, seal of approval, the golden stamp, that those mm-hmm. kind of whatever words that you want to use to try and describe what they end up putting out. But it always seems to be golden like it's always a fantastic piece of work so yeah i i I don't know i mean whatever it is that they're going to put out wish them the best with it so yeah i'm not i'm not necessarily too sure what it's going to hold for them but the rumors are suggesting that the last of us 3 is already in development so whether or not again that comes off of the back of this i'm not too sure yeah i um there are the sega's 
phrasing was super game. So you got something like a Fortnite or something like a GTA Online. These are super games, massive games that live forever. Um, I feel like Naughty Dog is one of the few companies that could use their their strong IPs and development prowess to deliver a super game. But Naughty Dog clearly doesn't want to have that super mm -hmm. game because it is a massive risk. It will cost you hundreds of millions in development to get billions back. But there is also a significant risk uh, before you even get a chance of getting those billions back. So Naughty Dog clearly looked at it and gone, okay, well, this is hundreds of billions in development and we might not get it back. So let's just stick to the one what, what, that will get us hundreds of uh, millions in development and get us billions, but not forever open-ended like GTA. We'll just earn the billions and billions that we get from Uncharted, from the last of us from whatever else we make and we'll just continue being critically acclaimed and massively financially profitable which do you know what i actually massively appreciate that they've gone we do something and we do it incredibly well um why don't we just do that R rather than being greedy and trying to take over the world how about we just live the extreme life of luxury that we have right now and, mm -hmm. and very few game companies do that. They, very few go, do you know what? We're on top. Let's stop. Let's let's, let's stay where we are. Um, and they always aim for a bit more. And I'm a big fan of seeing this because uh, The Last of Us is up there with one of my best games of all time. Uncharted is up there with one of my best series of all time. Um, and I, don't, I feel like if you've done that for two different series in the same sort of time frame you've clearly perfected the process of delivering Hollywood engaging cinematic storylines in video games. No one else does it as good. For me, at all, nobody comes close. So just keep 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 playing towards that strength. Uh, and it seems like mm -hmm. that's what they're doing. Because even though I've, I would rate um, The Last of Us Uncharted really highly, I've not played any of their online multiplayer components because I, I loaded up The Last of Us 1 and thought, oh, this is a bit clunky. These controls and stuff mm -hmm. weren't made for multiplayer games. And we're in a world where multiplayer-only games exist now. Um, mm -hmm. People develop games just to be played online with mates or shooters and so on. So those functions, those maps, uh, your character's traversal and stuff are created bespokely for that game. So shoehorning a really great linking animation from single player into multiplayer doesn't necessarily work because the fact that it's really good and smooth and buttery and looks beautiful but it takes you three seconds to do all right well you're dead then so what what does it matter yeah uh, so um, yeah as, as sad as it makes me i would love to have tried some uh, multiplayer bits off the back of it probably not for long but that in itself makes me say this is a smart decision so yeah well played uh naughty dog Naughty Dog is releasing multiple brand new ambitious new games, but obviously at the expense of uh, multiplayer for The Last of Us. The Last of Us Online, which was announced a while ago, has been canned as of last week, if you didn't catch the news. Benno Wilson, welcome in. King Comic, how you doing, mate? Uh, what's up, fellas? Hope, uh, hope you're well. Loving the NY shirt. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. I hope you're doing well. Um, Mr. Wilson, I saw you got a sub the other day. I think it was Nietzsche, potentially. Dropped you a sub. Enjoy those emotes and that ad free viewing. How you doing, mate? Um... I have never played Uncharted myself. Surprising that, Lake. Um, for someone that likes films and you've got uh, you've got quite a, a good sort of sprawling, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Eclectic taste when it comes to movies and so on. I would very much uh, recommend Uncharted as a, as a video game series. I played through it with Danielle um, because it was like playing through. If you like eighties action movies. Taking 80s action movies and put it into modern video games, that's effectively what it is. Uncharted 1, uh, good. Uncharted 2, excellent. And then 3 and 4, phenomenal as well. So 
very much recommended. The series, phenomenal. Definitely recommend. Mm-hmm. Recommend. Um, how's things, guys? Good, mate. Are you? You all set for Christmas? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Tritium Cat, any mods? What, in the channel? Or... Uh, on the games, you need to be specific. Yeah. But uh, welcome into the stream, Zed Manscar. Thank you for the follow. I missed that one sixteen minutes ago. I appreciate you, dude. Um, if you can call at Ted, not that maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Full sod. Uh, all good. All good. Nice. Nice. Um, I, I, I wanted to slide into your DMs the other day. Do you not exist on Twitter anymore? I tried to send you a massage for something worky related, um, and I couldn't find you. So I got distracted um, <laughs> yeah you 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 mid uh, do you accept whistleblowers i don't know what to do with that question <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's that's an interesting statement no i don't uh on twitter insta i do uh do i have your do I, oh, i'm i'm quite lax when it comes to insta to be fair uh i just watch reels all the time love it yeah although i tend to do that when i'm like Facebook is shit because Facebook is is garbage. Uh, I don't know. I don't think. I don't know if I actually do follow you on on Insta. Sorry, everyone can sit and talk about yourselves while I figure this out. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. We're eagerly anticipating this information. Well, if it drop me drop me a message on insta and i'll drop you on back <laughs> or i'll try to uh, remember to catch you at your stream but anyway i'll drop i'll probably drop you a whisper or something and do that on, on twitch i know how to do that one nice um no whispers for the mods so i can't explain oh, okay um it's fine if you have to jump into whispers and stuff then it's probably not a conversation that needs to be done in the middle of a podcast so we'll move on like mm. a bass hunter type whistleblower like a like a dj alligator project blow your whistle bitch <laughs> Yeah, okay, nice, nice. Okay, moving along. We'll talk about Activision Blizzard now. Uh, take that down and bring this one back up. Um, Andy Robinson at VGC says, Activision Blizzard uh, to pay $54 million to settle a discrimination lawsuit. Uh, so that's as much as 46.75... Actually, as much as 46.75 million will be paid to female employees who claim they'd received inequitable pay. Uh, so Activision Blizzard will pay a $54 million settlement to end the 2021 sex discrimination lawsuit. As first reported by the Wall Street Journal, by Adventure Beat, the publisher which was acquired by Microsoft in October entered into an agreement with the California Stay Civil Rights Department to settle the case which is Look rela- at the oh. size of that cat meow oh no meow. oh meow. no we're getting meowed meow. by spike meow <laughs> meow 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 just talk amongst meow. yourselves Nice. Well, this is going. I'm going for a piss. Back nice. a Spike, thank you for 46 months. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. And your massive cat. <laughs> uh, where do we get to? Okay, yes. Um, okay, I'll, I'll start again. As for first report by the Wall Street Journal by Venture Beat, the publisher, which was acquired by Microsoft in October, entered into an agreement with the California Civil Rights Department to settle the case, which is related to claims of unequal compensation and promotion practices on the basis of sex from 2015 to 2020. Activision Blizzard will pay as much as $46.75 million to female employees who claim they'd received inequitable pay during this period. Uh, $9.125 million will cover attorney's fees. Under the agreement, which is subject to court approval, Activision Blizzard will take additional steps to help ensure fair 
pay and promotion practices at the company, according to the CRD. The California CRD agreed that, quote, no court or any independent investigation has substantiated any claims of systemic or widespread sexual harassment at Activision Blizzard, nor that Activision Blizzard senior executives ignored, condoned, or tolerated a culture of systemic harassment, retaliation, or discrimination. Um, the settlement also said that its investigation found no evidence of wrongdoing by Bobby Kotick, CEO of Activision Blizzard, or its board. The state's expert witnesses testified that a gender pay gap existed overall, but a pay disparity was not found among employees of the same rank. California remains deeply committed to promoting and enforcing the civil rights of women in the workplace, said CRD Director Kevin Kish. If approved by the court, this settlement agrees uh, settlement agreement represents a major step forward and will bring direct relief to Activision Blizzard workers. At the California Civil Rights Depart uh, Department, we will continue to do our part to fight for the rights of our state's residents. Activision Blizzard said in a statement, we are gratified that we have reached an agreement with the California Civil Rights Department today as the CRD has now announced in a press statement. We appreciate the importance of the issues addressed in this agreement and we are dedicated to fully implementing all the new obligations we, assumed, uh, we have assumed as a part of it. Uh, we want our employees to know that as the agreement specifies we are committed to ensuring fair compensation and promoting policies and practices for all our employees and we'll continue our efforts regarding inclusion of qualified candidates from underrepresented communities in outreach recruitment and retention we are also gratified that the crd has agreed to file an amended complaint that entirely withdraws its 2021 claims alleging widespread and systemic workplace har uh, harassment at activision blizzard as the crd acknowledged explicit in, uh, explicitly in the agreement crd is filing along with a proposed content decree a second amended complaint that withdraws among all other allegations and causes of action the fifth cause of action employment discrimination because of sex harassment i'm gonna stop there because it's gone full legal spiel mm -hmm. um nice 54 million people paid to people that have um, been discriminated against allegedly um i want to point out here that this is a settlement out of court this isn't that anyone has been found guilty but also anyone um has been found innocent so just because obviously the crd in reaching this settlement has said yeah okay there there is there's, there's grounds that will withdraw a statement we're not saying it's 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 not possible we're saying it's not been proven and founded and there's a very significant difference there so you wouldn't be paying 54 million if there mm -hmm. wasn't anything to clear up. Now, like I say, clear, <laughs> clearing up doesn't necessarily mean guilt once again. Um, so we're never going to find this. We, we always said that this would probably get paid out of court, they'd reach some sort of settlement. But the fact that $54 million has been spent means that there was a lot of stuff that could have caused problems. And, and it could have just caused $54 million worth of headaches going forward. So paying it out now gets rid of it entirely. Um, whether the problems happened or not is now kind of irrelevant in that sort of sense. It's not. It's very, very relevant. But in that sort of sense, it's kind of irrelevant now. But what we do have is $54 million worth of reparations and systematic changes, systemic changes that will allow for this to not happen going forward if it did or didn't happen, allegedly, I don't know. Um, but I'm not going to forget very quickly that there was a lot of different news stories from a lot of different sources that were talking about detailed situations of in-office uh, harassment, frat culture, to the point where someone even committed suicide as a result of uh, the bullshit that they were put through. That doesn't just happen. Um, so... 
I'm not going to quickly forget that that stuff's happened, but naturally, what am I going to do now? It's, everyone's agreed. Everyone shook hands and taken a big old wedge of cash. We'll put a pin in that with the proviso that Activision actually started to do something about that now. That's what the CRD are holding uh, them to task for, um, and hopefully we start to see that stuff going forward. What are your thoughts, Mr. Bibb? Yeah, pretty much all of that. Like, if, if there's money exchanging hands, they've come to an agreement somewhere that there has been some malpractice along the way. Um, but if if this means that they have to put processes in place to protect future workers, then it's, it's money well spent. Um, I don't even know if this is going to fit. It's going to be too big. Oh, fuck. Let's get rid of the discrimination. We'll just put lawsuit. <laughs> Actively is to pay 54 million to sell lawsuit. Nice. Um, whistleblower equals news not yet known. Oh, I know what a whistleblower is, but just the the question coming out of uh, no wisp. Do you accept whistleblower? So you want to give us a news story? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I mean, send a whisper on on Twitch. Uh, we will see it after the show. We don't we don't cover breaking news live like that. So we'll we'd feature it tomorrow and stuff. But yeah, feel free to. Fire as a whisper. Um, for now, though, back into the news. Activision Blizzard to pay $54 million to settle a discrimination lawsuit. I mean, there's, there's, there's a very... How do I put it? Inflammatory statement that there is... Oh, it's quite quite on, on brand for what I'm about to say. Inflammatory <laughs> statement is there's no smoke without fire. <laughs> um, but my personal feeling, and once again, my personal feeling is irrelevant because I don't work for the California CID or Activision Blizzard. But just enough of these stories and stuff that came out over the last couple of years when we've been covering it, my personal opinion is that in this situation, there's no smoke without fire because it feels like something was very, very wrong. Whether they've been cleared yeah. for it or whatever, they've paid $54 million to be cleared of it so you yeah. know money... genuinely you don't pay that amount of money for for no reason there would have been something that someone may have been on the right lines and being able to dig up if uh, and get down to the actual nitty-gritty of stuff they may have been on the wrong track and say okay well let's let's settle this debate now we'll pay out of court now um and that's why obviously the money is starting to exchange hands is whether or not they would have gone down further down the line and gone actually Rather than being fifty-six million, it's actually sixty-five million now. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I reckon they was onto something, which is why they've had to pay hand, uh, pay money now because it'll be cheaper now than it would be maybe in twelve months' time when they actually find something. Um, just got a message. Sco scoop that does not cover breaking news. We do cover breaking news, but only from legitimate sources. Um, so someone saying "trust me, bro" as a source is not necessarily something we call breaking news. That's something that we'd call potential bullshit it might not be might be wonderful um but uh yeah people on the internet are people on the internet right so yeah we do cover i mean i've just seen the message come through now um i definitely won't be calling you contact yeah. me i have serious evidence that i can get into it would be far easier to explain what? over a call i have no social media whisper or call me i don't think that will be the case um so if you had serious evidence about something maybe telling me what it w about would have been the best way to go this is a new one people just randomly going please call me like, <laughs> if this is an attempt at trolling it's it's weak and if it's an attempt at actually sharing a news story it's also weak because you're going about it in a very wrong way so yeah some outlines are be gone <laughs> this relates to cambridge analytics <laughs> cambridge, oh, video game podcast cambridge analytica so the uh, <laughs> oh. I mean, what what have they done to the video games? 
Like, obviously, there's all sorts of political stuff around them, but what have they, what have they done to video games? Do you know what? We'll, we'll put a pin in that. What we will do is jump over to our final news article, uh, which is about E3. Obviously, you may have seen this last year. Andy Robertson at VGC has this article. E3 is officially dead, organizer confirms. We know it's difficult to say goodbye to such a beloved event, but it's the right thing to do. Um, so E3, the games industry's former flagship annual event, is officially dead. Organizer at the Entertainment Software Association, ESA, has said. Obviously, we kind of saw this coming. The writing was on the wall, but... It's a pain to hear it actually uh, yeah. in writing, but the article says, quote, after more than two decades of hosting an event that has served as a central showcase for the US and global video games industry, the ESA has decided to end E3, President Stan uh, Stanley Pierre Lewis said in a statement. Quote, we know the entire industry, players and creators alike, have a lot of passion for E3. We share that passion, he added. We know it's difficult to say goodbye to such a beloved event, but it's the right thing to do given the new opportunities our industry has to reach fans and partners. E3 was created in 1995 as a means for retailers to meet with game publishers. The event quickly became the tentpole of the industry calendar, attracting millions of eyes and media coverage from around the world. However, in recent years, many game publishers questioned its relevance as the digital world empowered them to reach out directly to their own and their audiences. The pandemic turbocharged this shift, and despite attempts at resurrecting E3, it never recovered. E3 was due to return for its first impression show in four years this summer as part of a multi-year deal with PAX organizer Reed Pop. However, after months of build-up and uncertainty, the show was cancelled in March. At the time, Reed Pop claimed it, quote, simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size, strength, and impact of our industry, end quote. The event's company later parted ways with E3 organizer the ESA, with the latter claiming in September that it was evaluating every aspect of the industry. In E3's absence, many other events took place in LA in June, including producer Jeff Keighley's uh, rival Summer White Dude Fest, Ubisoft Forward, and an Xbox... Oh, sorry, it's the Summer Game Fest, sorry, and an Xbox showcase. Bit of banner for those that do stick around for the previous <laughs> podcasts. Uh, speaking of EGC, Keighley dismissed uh, suggestions that competition from his rival event was partly responsible for the cancellation of E3 2023. Of course he did. In a new interview with the Washington Post, Pierre-Louis uh, suggested he was aware of the circumstances that led to E3's demise. There were fans who were invited to attend in the later years, but it really was about a marketing uh, and business model for the industry and being able to provide the world with information about new products, he said. Companies now have access to consumers and to business relations through a variety of means, including their own individual showcases. And we're finished. Um, so the article... E3 is officially dead, the organizer confirms. We kind of knew this was going to happen. We've been talking about this for a, a few years. Uh, we're lucky to have uh, attended E3 um, as ICU in 2019, the last uh, installment. Sadly, we didn't get to go to another one, but it, it's kind of, it's, it's looked that way for a while. Partially through E3's own doing the esa dropped the ball on e3 mm -hmm. multiple times they very much knew that they were sat on the cash cow uh the big dance the showpiece the main event of the video games calendar and then thought okay well you know people need us we don't need people it's like fifa and uh ea sports that sort of stuff it was like yeah we're fifa you need our name and, and then everyone else was uh, fifa uh it, 
EA, which is everyone else in the games industry in this instance, went, do you know what? Fuck it. We don't need you. We can do this on our own. And that's kind of what it is. The ESA built this platform to lift everyone up. Everyone learned and started doing it for their own. And then the ESA's E3 was like this big, lumbering, expensive showpiece where your news is drowned out by everyone else. Why would I spend so much time and effort to compete for Showtime when I can just do my own bits on my own calendar? And we don't make video games just for Christmas anymore because people play games all year round now. So why do I need that? So it makes absolute sense for E3 to not be here. But it's gutting nonetheless because I wish they'd have found a way to make that central celebratory showpiece. Because video games is celebratory. It is communal. It is something based around experiences that are solo but shared as well. And E3 definitely allowed for that more than the xbox showcase more than a state of play and playstation experience because people have their own experiences in their own bubbles now there is no cross-pollination you're not getting an xbox conference straight after a playstation conference they're a, they're a week apart two weeks apart a month apart because they don't want to step on each other's toes and it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's segregated which makes sense but sometimes making sense isn't... You don't get that raw, emotive feeling. You get planned. Organised fun is never really fun, is it? It's what you're supposed to have kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah it's It makes sense, but it's still heartbreaking. What are your thoughts, Mr. Pip? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a shame because we've just lost another video game con- convention. Um, but they didn't evolve with the times, which is obviously something that you can't do in a digital media age. Um making things far too expensive for people who wanted to attend, not just as a consumer, but as someone who would be wanting to, well, rent a little bit of the shop floor. Um, so unfortunately, if you don't evolve with the times, you get left behind, and that's essentially what they did. I mean, the, the, a lot of the things were instantly avoidable that didn't cost them anything to be able to try and fix, but they, like you said, they dropped the ball. Um, so yeah, it's a shame. It was kind of written on the wall maybe three years ago. Um, but yeah, it's uh, hopefully something else will take its place because like it was like it was a game as Christmas, like the amount of things that got announced during that time period. Um, and for people who was obviously attending the uh, as video game journalists or as uh, genuine, uh, genuine consumers, it was a fantastic place for people to be able to get together, maybe see their gaming friends or whatever. Uh, basically just like a social convention centre. Um, but yes, yeah, it is a crying shame that it's gone, unfortunately. It was their own downfall with the way that they treated it. Hopefully we'll get something in its place, but I'm not going to hold my breath at this moment in time because it is such an expensive thing to be able to try and put together. I mean, Gamescom for me is still up there as the best, um, and even they have their own problems um and some teething issues so it's not an easy thing to just walk into and say we're going to host one and then hope that people end up giving you a load of money to advertise their stuff or rent your floor space um so yeah it's only time will tell as does everything when it comes to digital media absolutely um all conventions struggle. The more online presence takes over, says Benno Wilson. E3 dead. Time for E4 to rise. All right, Graham. <laughs> Honestly, God. <laughs> almost, almost like I shared that on the Discord the other day, and then Chappers responded with uh, to my tweet with uh, an E4 Channel 4 logo. He says, wait until you find out about this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Benno says, thing is, a good TikTok can reach 100,000 people in seconds. A convention might reach 50,000 people for a huge cost. Yeah, like, what what, what, what were the numbers? Was it like 80,000 to 100,000 for E3 in person? Obviously, there was millions generated off the mm -hmm. back of the... Uh, um, the broadcasts around it and those millions led to huge um memeifying slash um mind share moments spider-man the games were successful because of their e3 conferences they just hit with a perfect trailer at the right time and people wanted a piece of the action and you get things yeah. like the uh the playstation this is how you share games on playstation moments and stuff like <laughs> all those sort of banter bits live on because of the moment uh, and the time and the when and the who you're talking to and where it's going to impact and so on. Um, you don't really get that with something like a TikTok because obviously that's tailored to a specific audiences. People consume it at different yeah. times. It's not that everyone has to tune in for the World Cup final at the exact same time. Boom, 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 boom. Shared experience. Um, so there's definitely is still a place for that in the video games industry. And Jeff Keighley proves that with Summer Game Fest and with the Game Awards. The downside is that without the ESA delivering that, the ESA charge a big chunk of cash to make sure it, it goes to like organizers guidelines and does the best for the industry and and makes the best for the industry components within it. The ESA is the Entertainment Software Association. So you've got your brands like mm -hmm. PlayStations and your Xbox and Ubisoft and so on that are all paying subscriptions to the ESA. And as a result of that, the ESA is beholden to making sure that they are doing a good job. Uh, not a good job, are represented well, should I say. Um, and that means you don't get those 30 seconds. Can you wrap it up, please? You've been talking for 30 seconds. Uh, that's way too long sort of moments outweighed by Jeff Keighley dancing around on stage with the Muppets. Like, <laughs> you don't get that sort of one-man superpower in charge uh, being able to throw his weight and his cash around at the expense of everyone else. You don't get that with the, with the ESA. You do get a lot of bullshit red tape stuff, clearly, and bad decisions and outsourcing stuff to agencies that will leak press data to the fucking internet. There is a lot of bad stuff that comes with the ESA, but the good stuff is that you get that... that, that industry impartial central point that isn't governed by yeah. one individual person that has uh, an aim to make profit it's about the whole industry at large and we don't have that independent body anymore um over the top of that so we do have a space and we do have a need for things like um the game awards and summer game fest it's just not going to be done um by the esa it's going to be done by playstation and by mm -hmm. Jeff Keighley, and by Xbox, and Ubisoft Forward, and EA Play, and uh, everyone else that has their own individual bits. And it's a bit shit that we don't have it all in the same window anymore. You can't sit there and be like, oh, E3 starts at fucking 5pm tonight for the Xbox conference, and then at 8pm we'll have like the uh, Square Enix conference, and then at 1am we'll have the PlayStation thingy, and then at 3am we'll have the PC games conference, and we'll all come in absolutely red-eyed and bags under our eyes tomorrow <laughs> for work. You alright? Yeah, just watch the uh, PC games conference. What what did the show fuck knows? I was like 19 hours awake at that point in time, can't remember. <laughs> so like we miss out on those moments, and that's the bit that's sad for me. It absolutely makes sense, though. Whilst E3... Um, was a phenomenal sharing experience. The reason I use the phrase uh, Game of Christmas is Christmas is emotive and, and so on, but it's it's very over the top as well by design. And so was E3. It was this communal thing that was really good and brought us lots of content, but it wasn't necessarily the smartest way of delivering that content. Not in 2023. Yeah. Live streams direct to their audiences that it needed to be is the, is the smartest way of doing that. But smart 
is often boring and like it's the chaos that comes with e3 that can make shit moments can mean conferences just get labeled as well you lost you failed e3 playstation one xbox mm-hmm. was shit but xbox might have an absolute gem in there that get that then gets shit on because of everything else and so on yeah um so e3 has a lot of negative points that comes with it as does everything there's swings and roundabouts positives and negatives for both way but even still that huge week-long gamer celebration run by an independent body um I'm going to miss. I'm not a fan of seeing... And I've, I've said this multiple times over the course of the year, particularly over the last week. I'm I'm not a fan of seeing us get into the big E3 moment of summer, which is Summer Game Fest now, and having mm-hmm. one bloke go, here's the trailer for Summer Game Fest that I personally edited. It's not about you. It's about the industry and the people that you only give 30 seconds to talk when they've just won the best game award of the entire year. Uh, yeah. You spent more time talking about yourself than letting them talk. Fuck you. <laughs> so, but we don't get that with the uh, with the ESA and E3, and that's the bit that I'm going to miss. So, yeah. yeah. Big drop, big loss. Unfortunate. But we move. Times move. This is this is life. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 earned Game of the Year. Is Alan Wake 2 as good as people say? Baldur's Gate 3 did earn Game of the Year, and they got 30 seconds to talk, despite talking about lost staff and so on. It was... Okay, wrap it up, please. Bizarre. Um, Alan Wake 2 apparently is as good. I've not played it. Um, uh, yeah, uh, for games, of course, there's a lot of reach off the back, but there's too many streamers, uh, too many streamers with cheaper impressions now. And then for hardware vendors, the costs are rarely recouped from a convention. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So th- yeah. th- that's the thing. Like E3 was, I mean, it mentioned in the article, didn't it? Like it, it was all about retailers uh, being able to speak to the industry and vice versa. But when you put that, you m- m- morph that bit into a public conference the retailer mm-hmm. stuff isn't just taking a few kits to bring up on a stage and this is what you should buy for the summer it's you're not selling to retailers you're selling to the public so you need bigger standards yeah. and then that's t- happening in the fucking los angeles convention center which is one of the biggest the most expensive convention centers in one of the biggest the most expensive cities in the world it suddenly becomes mm-hmm. extreme um so yeah, that part of it definitely is is flat. Like for for people to go there and make money off the back of that, you need to have a phenomenal event, or know that you're about to lose shitloads of money, and it's all about long tail marketing. Our plan is to seed this part of our marketing, and then over the next nine months, we'll recoup the money back through our partnerships, mm-hmm. our announcements, our putting ourselves into the mindshare of people for longer tail. But even then, most people have to have it as a loss leader. Okay, we'll lose yeah. money on this, but we get the brand out. It is what it is. Um, but when it costs that much, it's not a loss leader. It's just a loss. You don't recoup. So, yeah, for that side, definitely makes sense to to can it kibosh. And then um, E3 should just focus just on the broadcasting side of things. But why would people do that then? Why would people go into the E3 only stream um, when I can actually, my channel has a million subscribers and me putting out my content on my own channel means I speak to my million engaged subscribers. But because I'm putting the content out and it's the new PlayStation game of choice, that might get me another 20,000 followers. So the next time I'm speaking to a million and 20,000 and then the next time it's a million and 100,000, 1.1 million and then it's 1.2 million and then it's 1.5 million on my own channel. Why am I feeding your channel when I can feed mine? So I see no way for E3 to get back involved with this without yeah. doing something like an award show or something like Jeff Keighley's done. And I would very much appreciate the ESA or someone getting <laughs> yeah. involved in that. Because, yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, we're going to wrap things up there. That was the final news article of the day, I believe it was. Yes, yeah, so we spoke about the fact that the PS5 Pro could launch in 2024 with Sony's own DLS, uh, DLSS solution. Naughty Dog is working on several ambitious, brand-new single-player games, apparently. Um, Activision Blizzard is set to pay $54 million to settle its discrimination lawsuit, and E3 is officially dead. We all knew that already, but we hadn't had a chance to talk about it on stream. But now we have. Nice. So we're going to wrap things up. If you are watching on the front page, please do feel free to click through to the channel um, because you will be taken along with our raid to see our friends. Make sure you hit the follow yeah. button as well if you are watching and you haven't done it before. That way you will get notified whenever we go live. Just a reminder that we may be back. Well, hopefully we'll be back with content tomorrow. Um, and then we'll be back on Wednesday with hopefully a scoop and chasing crates with mates in the evening. Uh, then that is the end of mm -hmm. scheduled content for the rest of the year. Uh, birthdays. Maybe. Th Thursday is obviously Joseph's birthday, but I my football's finished now until like the 16th of January, so I might be able to jump on later on in the evening, like maybe nine o'clock or something like that for a, a little bit of Fortnite ad hoc, ad hoc. <laughs> so stay tuned with that one. Well, um, if, if but yeah, I have no football on Thursdays now. Ad hoc. What's the best way to get notified for that bit? Uh, well, first of all. Thank you very much for finding this channel. Second Hi. of all, follow us on all of our socials. It's at Ice Cream Uploads across all major social media platforms. But the best way to keep the conversation going is to follow us uh, and get involved with our Discord. Our Discord doesn't stop when the show does. It's just constantly going on, believe me. Um, so, yeah, get into our Discord. We are constantly talking in there, whether or not it's just between ourselves or with our fabulous community, which we've obviously got you guys along the ride with us. Sorry, I've just seen Ben's instant miss. So I was responding to him. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we are going to wrap things up. Please stick around. We'll drop a raid on one of our friends. We will hopefully be back tomorrow yeah. with the next episode of the show and then Wednesday for a double trouble bit of content. Fingers crossed. Um, but before any of that happens, is there anything else you'd like to add, Mr. Bib? Yes, we only have a few shows left of this year. So, again, thank you very much for following us uh, through our, our entire content creation year. Um, is this seven years now? Ish. Ish. yeah we are in our seventh year so we'll be seven years old next november but we are in our seventh year yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah uh, well over 700 episodes of the scoop so we do thank you very much for obviously joining us along the way uh, but yeah two episodes left of this year if you want to help shape those shows there is two ways you can do so first of all find us on social media it is at ice cream uploads across all major social media platforms or alternatively get involved with our discord if you're watching this at any of our on-demand services go into the description below all the links that you require will be listed there but all we need from you is a url plus your thoughts and opinions we will then give you our thoughts and opinions URL, on URL, the very next show which will be at what time potentially tomorrow mr cream day um, probably like two in the afternoon maybe i don't know i mean 10 a.m confirmed <laughs> ish <laughs> <laughs> so yeah usually we aim 10 a.m ish tomorrow probably not 10 a.m ish so we'll see mm -hmm. how we get on um yeah hashtag ad what is it you got an, you're an ad goddamn um <laughs> anyway please do feel free to stick around we're gonna find one of our friends to pass a little bit of love Senior on obviously fixer Ooh, fixer 4.0 4.0 no pixels gone live nice nice so fixer then played some gta 5 do feel free to join the raid for that obviously we are on the front page so we may have over 500 people watching the stream right now a lot of those are coming through the front page you don't get pulled into the raids so make sure if you want to go to the raid click on the uh, channel it'll bring you through to us on twitch and that way you can get involved in the raid as we jump forward uh if you don't well, enjoy whoever's next up on the carousel, and uh, we'll hopefully see you next time. But until then, have yourselves a beautiful day, and stay frosty! Stay frosty!